You're listening to the Crossroads Grace Podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org. Well, hey guys, how are we doing? Feeling good? Uh, like you said, my name is Preston. I work with our high school's young adults. Uh, if you don't know enough about me and my family, uh, I am married to my wonderful wife, Cass. We've been married for a little more than four years now. We've got two kids. We've got Ada, who is two, and Ozzy, who's seven months old. I know, oh, right? If you're wondering about the cowboy hat, about a year and a half ago, we moved to Oakdale, and when we got there, they knocked on the door, and they said, if you don't get a cowboy hat and a rusty truck, you gotta go. So I got both. And now I get to go to the rodeo. Uh, so it's really good. Uh, Cass and I have been together since high school, actually. Uh, my, like, sophomore, her freshman year. Uh, so she's had a little bit of time to train me up in the way that I should go, if you will. Uh, but with that comes some growing pains, obviously. I remember there was this one time when I was, like, 17, she was 16. We had a lake day coming up. And if you don't know, we grew up in Arizona. The lake is where everyone goes to have a great time because it's 190 out, all right? Gotta be in the water, on the water. We had this lake day coming up, super excited, but her family had a thing come up. Like, it was, it's just one of those family things, so she couldn't go to the lake. And because we'd been dating for so long, uh, like two years in high school, we were practically engaged uh, at that point. Because we'd been dating so long, I was invited, so I went to her, and I asked the question. You know the question? Do I have to go? I asked. I, there was the lake. It's the most fun thing. So I asked, do I have to go? And to, to my disbelief, she said no. She said no. Go to the lake. Have a great time. She knew how much I loved it. She knew how much I loved hanging out with my family out there. She said, this is just a family thing. Go ahead. Go to the lake. Now, mind you, I would have gone. Okay? This, I'm telling you the truth. I mean it. I would have gone. But who was I to say no to what she told me to do? I listen really well. So she said, go to the lake, so I went to the lake. In fact, I asked her two more times. I said, do I, you want me to come to the family thing? She said, go to the lake. I asked her the day before. She said, go to the lake. So I went to the lake, and I had a great time. And I had a wonderful day, and I get home, look at my phone. It's a text from Cass. Can I come over? Absolutely. You let me come to the lake. You let me hang out with my family. Come on over. Come hang out. So I'm standing in the driveway, just cheesing, just ready to hang out with my wonderful girlfriend who let me go to the lake all day. And she pulls up in her little 97 Honda Civic, and she gets out, and she walks right up to me. Well, she's like this high. She walks right up to me. And she looks me in the eye, and she said, how could you go to the lake instead of coming with me to my uncle's funeral? Did I, did I tell you that part? Her uncle's funeral is what I skipped out on, is what I said, do I have to go? Yeah, if I could go back and just have some chat with 17-year-old Preston, like just a little man-to-man. Like, what was I thinking, right? How could I pop? Well, I could tell you what I was thinking. And before you villainize me, let me take a poll. Raise your hand if you would rather go to the funeral of a man you've never met instead of the lake. I see that hand. I see No, I see no hands. There are no hands to see right? Because we all know the lake is more fun. Unless you either can't swim or you should like look into owning a funeral home, right? Like 
no one wants to go to a funeral instead of the lake. Now we might know what we should do, and now in my aged wisdom, I know that I should go to the funeral, right? But that doesn't mean that I didn't know what I wanted to do. As we get older and as we grow up and mature, we start to understand this tension that exists between what we want to do and what we should do. And sometimes we give over to the wants, and as we get older and we mature, hopefully, we start to say more yeses to the shoulds. But it doesn't change the fact that it exists. It's hard to just not do what we want, right? And there's this verse in the Bible that I come back to every now and again, and one, it reminds me of this wonderful story of my youth, but two, it reminds me that that tension is so real in what we want and what we should, and that Jesus has a completely different path for us than, well, what we want to do sometimes. That verse is Luke chapter 9, verse 23, so if you want to open it in your Bibles, your apps, or the Crosses app, whatever. We're going to be in this verse pretty much the whole time. So Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says this. Then he said to them all, he is Jesus, them all as the disciples. Then Jesus said to all the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Right in this, this one verse, this one line, Jesus is highlighting this tension of what we want to do versus what we should do, right? It's hard, but it's an offer. I, I think it's so interesting that Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple. We're given this offer. Do you want to be my disciple? Well, we should probably figure out what disciple is, right? We should probably figure out what he's actually offering us first. So what is a disciple? Well, if you've been to Crossroads one or two or a hundred times, hopefully you've heard us say before what our mission statement is. At Crossroads, our mission is to lead everyone to discover Jesus and follow him fully. And that second part, that follow him fully, that's what being a disciple is. Being a disciple is when you've identified who Jesus is, the him. You've identified who he is and you say, I want to follow you with all of my life. It's when we stop focusing on our desires and we start looking towards his directions. Following him fully is what a disciple is. So when Jesus says, do you want to be my disciple, that's what he's asking. Do you want to follow me? Do you want me as your teacher, as the one who's going to guide your life? Whoever wants to be my disciple, this is how you do it. So when he says, do you want to be my disciple, he gives that offer. It's kind of a big offer, isn't it? Like, anyone in here just go around saying, if you want to be my disciple, this is what you got to do. You got to pay my credit card, you got to clean my room. Like, we don't do that, right? Because we don't. We don't have, you know, the authority to say that. So why does Jesus think he has that authority? We know the end of the story and we know why he has the authority, but why to this group of guys does he say, if you want to be my disciple? Well, if we look at the verse right before this, the little story right before this, we have this scene where Jesus is with all of his disciples and he asks them a question. Who am I? Which you would have hoped they would have already known because they were already following him, but he just asks, who am I? And there's a dude in the corner of the disciple group, and he's going, ooh, ooh, Jesus, 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 pick me. And Jesus goes, yes, Peter. Now, Peter is a dude you want to hold on to because two things. One, Peter's a disciple. But two, Peter and Jesus were like real tight. They were homies, all right? They were real close friends. Jesus was close with all of his disciples, but Peter and Jesus were real close. And so when Jesus calls on Peter, Peter's bouncing up and down, and he goes, yes, Peter. Peter says, you are the Messiah, this Messiah, you might have heard this word before, it's not just 
a nickname on the list of JesusNicknames.com, okay? We call Jesus a lot of things. We call him Jesus, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We have all these names for them, and they're all worthy. But the Messiah, we got to know what it's talking about. To put it lightly, let's see, this whole part of the Bible, all of this Bible, this is all about the Messiah. This part's about Jesus. This is about the Messiah. Yeah, they're the same person, but it's all waiting for the one called the Messiah or the anointed one, the promised and prophesied one. You see, from the start of creation, we see man mess up. They bring sin into the world, and from that point on, they're waiting for this Messiah, the one who was promised and prophesied to come and save the world from this thing that they did called sin. And so they're all sitting around waiting on bated breath, sitting on their hands saying, when's this Messiah going to come? And the disciples had probably learned all throughout school that they were looking for this Messiah and they were teaching and learning about this Messiah. So when Peter identifies Jesus as the Messiah, he's not identifying him as just some smart teacher that he wants to listen to. He's identifying him as the one that had been promised for thousands of years. This wasn't just a little deal. This was the deal. It was the only deal. They were all waiting for this Messiah. And so suddenly... It makes sense why Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, because he's the Messiah. Why wouldn't you want to be, right? There's two groups of us in this room right now when it comes to being disciples of Jesus. Some of us have decided to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm not saying like how good you are at it, but I'm, I'm saying that there are some of us in this room that have made that decision at some point that Jesus is your Lord, he's your Savior, he's the one you're going to follow. Maybe it was some prayer that you said at night when your grandma taught you. Maybe it was you came to church and you just decided like, yeah, I'm going to follow this guy from now on. But some of us have made that decision to be a disciple of Jesus. There's a second group of people who haven't made that decision. And if you haven't made that decision, it could be for a total number of reasons. Maybe you didn't know it was a thing. Maybe you never heard of this before. Like, I got to do what to follow this guy? Or maybe, I mean, maybe you're just not sold yet. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do all that for this guy named Jesus. And if that's you, I have two things to say to you really quick. First, and I'm very biased, I think it's the best thing you can do with your life. I do not think there's anything better that you can ever do with your life than say yes to being a fully followed disciple of Jesus. But the second thing is you picked a great day to be here because you aren't committed to all the stuff we're about to talk about. You haven't said yes to being a disciple. Jesus gives us an offer. If you want to be a disciple, do all this. If you haven't made that decision, you just get to take it all in. So not that you need my permission, but like just, just hear what Jesus has to say and what he has for you in this time. But hey, you're not committed. You're just seeing the cards on the table. But whether you've made that decision to be a disciple or not, the question that I want us to answer is still the same. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? So we gotta figure out. This singular line in the Bible helps us to know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So let's figure that out. Let's go back to the verse. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. What's that mean, this word deny? Real quick, everyone say deny. Great. Everyone say a word I'm sure you've heard before, arneomai. <laughs> if you said it, you speak Greek. I'm proud of you. So this word arneomai, it's the Greek word for deny, all right? And it's pretty one-to-one. Arneomai means to deny or reject. And it's pretty direct, but there's different levels of denial, right? Like, there's the denial of a dessert after a big meal. The waiter comes, would you like a dessert? And you go, oh, arneomai, no. And you deny it, you just push it aside. Hardly, right? There's that arneomai. 
But there's a level of gravity and fervor that Jesus is saying when he tells us to arneomai, deny ourselves. That's the word in the verse in Luke 9.23, arneomai yourself. And understand the seriousness of what he's talking about. We need to fast forward a little bit in the Jesus story. You see, if you want to skip toward Luke 22, we see Jesus talking to Peter. Peter, remember Peter? The one who identified Jesus as the Messiah, the promised one, looked him dead in the eye and said, you're the Messiah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus tells that guy, Peter, you are going to arneomai me three times before the morning comes and the rooster crows. And Peter, BFFs with Jesus, goes, oh, Jesus, never would I arneomai you. And he's kind of like, he's annoyed that he would even say it. But Jesus goes, hey, it's going to happen. Fast forward, Jesus is getting arrested at a dinner, and not just like slap on the cuffs arrested, right? Like he's getting arrested to be drugged, to be shamed and tortured and executed. And everyone knew it, and everyone knew it was a bad situation, and all the disciples run away. But Peter stays just close enough to see what's happening. And this is where we start to see this word, our Naomi used in a much different sense than saying no to seconds at dinner. So in Luke chapter 22, verse 56, we see a girl approach Peter as he's watching Jesus from afar. And she's, it says, a servant girl was looking at him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. And I imagine she's like bouncing a little bit, like pointing, this guy, this guy was with him. It was that guy. And Peter says, and it says he denied it. He arneomied it. Woman, I do not know him, he said. First of all, not a very nice way to talk to someone, okay? Don't refer to them as women. It's not a good call. Second of all, we see Peter, this first use of the word, arneomai. He's denying not just Jesus, but even knowing who he is. That word arneomai is used there. We see it again in the next verse. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. We see the second use of arneomai here. He's saying, absolutely, I am not with them. No, sir. We see one more time about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown, and that word again is arneomai. You will arneomai me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. When Jesus tells us to be a disciple, we need to arneomai ourselves. It's not a casual thing. He's telling you that you need to arneomai yourself with the same fervor and urgency as one of his best friends denying even knowing him, denying knowing the Messiah and the eventual savior of the world. That's the level of seriousness that he's saying you need to arneomai. But when Peter was denying Jesus, he was denying Jesus so he could try and save his own skin. But Jesus calls us to our Naomi ourself so that he can save our life for us. When Jesus says, our Naomi yourself, he's not doing it just casually. He's saying, do it with everything in you. Deny yourself. And why? Why do we need to make all this space to push out all of our desires for his directions? Well, it's because when we deny ourselves, we have the space to follow Jesus' will in our life. It looks something like this. It looks like that person that you just can't forgive again. They just continually wrong you and wrong you and wrong you. It means Jesus is saying, deny yourself and forgive them as I would for that 77th time. 
It means that kid at school or on your team, or that person that you work with that no one can stand, everyone just like pushes aside and doesn't associate with. Jesus is saying, deny yourself of what you think other people will think of you and go treat them like I would. He's saying, deny yourself, or my yourself um, about caring about more about the faith than you do your football team. Deny yourself in caring for your spouse more than you care about watching sports on the weekends. Deny yourself for what your desires are, for what my directions are. You see, when we deny ourselves, our my, we open up the space that we need for Jesus' will to take a front seat in our life. And it's not easy. He's not sitting here saying it's going to be simple. But he's saying it's worth it, and he's saying it's important. And spoiler alert, the next one's not easy either. So let's just jump into it. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says, "Deny whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. Show of hands, has anyone ever heard someone say, that's just my cross to bear? Ever heard that? Let me tell you. I was walking in Kauai with my in-laws. They took me on a trip my senior year. Thank you to them. And uh, Kauai is probably one of the most beautiful places on earth, second to Oakdale. And we come across this church. And this church is the most beautiful church I've ever seen. I mean, the ocean and crystal clear waters behind me. It's a hundred plus year old building. There's mountains and trees. And I think a perpetual rainbow over it. It's just there. And I walk up to this church and I was about to go to Bible college in the next couple of weeks. And I turn to my in-laws and I say, oh, me and God had a chat, and he told me that he wants me to lead this church for the rest of my life. It's just my cross to bear. And now, eight years later, here I am, the lead pastor of the church in Kauai. Aloha. No, that's not what happened, right? Because that's not what it means to pick up our cross. That's not what it means to take it up. You see, when we here take up our cross, sometimes we can think of just silly kawaii dreams like that. The disciples heard a little bit different of a story. They weren't dreaming of kawaii. They were just thinking death and shame, and that's it. Because we know the end of the story where the cross is defeated, but the disciples, the cross was an unbeaten foe. All right, so they heard pick up your cross, and they just think death and suffering. No thank you. I showed a high schooler this verse that I was preaching on. And they were reading it, and they said, oh, this pick up your cross part is easy, right? Because, I mean, I'm dead inside every day. I said, oh, no, and I prayed for them, and they were great. They, they weren't serious, I promise. It was okay. But is that what he's asking for us? Is he asking us to die every day? I don't think so. And I don't think he's asking us for kawaii dreams to bear our cross. I don't think that's what he's looking at. In order to understand what he means by picking up our cross, by taking up our cross daily, I have a quote from a theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and it's a long quote, so you gotta buckle in, but the way that he describes what it means to take up your cross is absolutely worth it. So I'm gonna read this quote, and just lock in with me, because he puts it so beautifully. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, describes taking up your cross like this. Only when we have become completely oblivious of self are we ready to bear the cross for his sake. To endure the cross is not a tragedy, it is the suffering which is the fruit of an exclusive allegiance to Jesus Christ. When it comes, it is not an accident but a necessity. It is not the sort of suffering which is inseparable from this mortal life, but the suffering which is an essential part of the specifically Christian life. Only a man totally committed in discipleship can experience the meaning of the cross. The cross is there right from the beginning. He has only got to pick it up. 
The cross is not a terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. The disciple is not above the master. When we read Jesus' option here, and he says, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross. The question we have to ask ourselves is, is the disciple above the master? Is there anything that you were not willing to do for Jesus? Because that's what it means. Because Jesus, he did everything that it took for us, right? He gave everything up for us. And he's asking you, are you willing to do the same? We could walk through hundreds of hypotheticals on what it means to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. But the reality is, is the disciple above the master? Which one do you see? When you say yes to Jesus, is there a habit that you won't say no to? Is there a sin that you will not break? Is there a place that you will not go? Is there a thing that you will not do? When he asks you to pick up your cross, are you saying no to anything for Jesus? And when he asks us this, he's not expecting perfection. If he expected perfection from you, he would have come down to this world, he would have said a bunch of really hard things and just floated back up to heaven. Like, see ya. He didn't do that. He came and he sacrificed himself and he paid for our sins and he made up for our mistakes. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to try with everything that you have to say yes to him and yes to his call on your life and yes to his directions and no to your desires. When Jesus says, pick up your cross, he's asking, are you the disciple or are you the master? That's the question we gotta ask. You see, when we take up our cross, we unlock the faith that is necessary to say yes to Jesus. When we deny ourselves our Naomi, we have this space in our life that says, move over my things, and in comes Jesus and his desires. We have the space to follow his will. But then when we say yes to picking up our cross, all of a sudden, we say yes to him and having the faith to say, whatever you take me, wherever you lead me, Jesus, I am yours, Saying denying ourselves is opening the space and picking up our cross is unleashing that faith and all of it, all of that, it's all good and it's all really hard and it all hinges on just one word, the word daily. Because daily ups the ante, doesn't it? Look at that verse again. He asked them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It makes it simpler, at least, right? Well, how often do I do all this hard stuff? Well, you do it every day. All right, good to go, all right? But it makes it a whole lot harder. Because you see, for some of us, the daily stuff, that's a piece of cake, right? Like you, you're generally seen as a five-star Christian at work. People look at you and they go, oh, she saves kittens from trees. Oh, He would never say an ill word to someone on the freeway. Like the little things are kind of easy. The daily devotion to Christ is, that's easy. You know, you generally look like a five-star Christian. But then it's the big things that get hard, isn't it? It's when Jesus asks you to deny yourself and let him take control of your career. And you go, ah, I'm going to hold on to that one. It's when Jesus asks you to take up your cross and have the faith necessary to trust him with your finances. And you go, "Mm, I'm going to keep that right here. You see, for some of us, the small stuff is easy, but the big things, those are harder to let go of. What I have for you is, Jesus says daily, not just the easy days. There's another group, though, and I'm in this group, okay, where the big things, those are easy, all right? 
They're big things. He's a big God. Here you go. Just let Jesus take the wheel, right? He said, I, the big thing sometimes can be easy. I remember, like, when Jesus said, hey, Preston, I want you to uh, move to Manteca with an eight-month pregnant wife. Leave your family. Tell the grandparents bye-bye. And I said, hey, I got you, JC. I'm your dude, you and me. I got this big thing. I'm a disciple, okay? But then it's late October. The Suns are in a close game in the fourth quarter. And Jesus goes, hey, buddy, remember that train them up as they should go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to be a disciple and read them a bedtime. Read your kids a bedtime story and pray with them before bed and set a good example. And I go, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but I have a couple free passes from the time I did that big thing for you. I'm going to just cash those in real quick and just let the daily things slide. Because we get caught up in that big thing that we did. This is me. And for those people and for me, like, Jesus isn't just saying on the big days, on the hard days. He's saying every day. But man, every day just keeps on coming, doesn't it? It just keeps happening and happening. It's exhausting. But Jesus doesn't just say, do these things on the easy days. He doesn't just say, do these things on the big, important, scary days. He says, do them daily. You know what the cool thing is? It's all an offer. Every part of it. Jesus says, if you want this, this is what I have for you. And if you want it, here's what you have to do. It's not some big, scary, intimidating command from the Lord above. He's saying, if you want to be a disciple, here's what I have for you. And earlier I told you that I think it's the best decision that you can ever make to be a disciple of Jesus. And I meant it. It doesn't mean it's the easiest, though, does it? I can tell you in my own life, like I can, I can make jokes about picking up my cross and moving to Manteca and everything, like how hard that was. But like the reality of it is, there's been times in my life where I have been put up to the test of, are you a disciple daily? And I have fallen flat on my face. And there are other times where I've done it, and like I, hopefully I checked the box, right? We moved to Manteca, we left our family, we left the grandparents, we had two kids in two years, we did all these things, like we're disciples, right? But it didn't make any of it easier, Following Jesus' design isn't always easy. But you know what it is? It's always right. Because I can tell you, if we just stayed, if we didn't deny ourselves, we just stayed in what was comfortable, we would have never seen what God had for us in his ultimate plan. We would have never seen the relationships of people that have come around us a church body who loves us, not because we're blood-related, but because we're family in the you know, greater family of Jesus Christ. We've never seen people come beside us and disciple us, spiritually disciple us in our parenting. We would have never seen as much growth as we have. We wouldn't have had everyone coming around us and just seen God's work at hand. And it's not easy, but it's not the woe is me story of wow, I was a disciple. It is all glory to Jesus for his perfect design and his direction for our life and for yours too. You see, as we have the band come out, we just have to understand that discipleship to Jesus is an offer and it is an offer that is hard and it is an offer that is always worth it every single time. And at the end of the day, if we say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, 
his design becomes so much more fervent, so much more urgent, so much more important than our desires as we practice, as we repeat it, as we grow in him. And the only reason that we get to do it is because of what he did for us in the end. It's actually ridiculous and insane that we are allowed to say yes to being a disciple of the creator of the universe, right? We are given this gift and this opportunity to say yes to him. And so as we move into worship, as we move into this time before communion, I just want to ask you, are you ready to say yes to being a disciple of Jesus? And if you've already said yes before, this doesn't exclude you because you got to decide every single day. I have to decide every single day. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you ready to our Naomi to deny yourself? Are you ready to take up your cross? Are you ready to be a disciple daily? And if you've never made that decision before, the only time better than right now was a minute ago. When we say yes to Jesus and we say yes to being his disciple, all of a sudden we're focused on what he has for us. And so as we move into this time of worship, I just want you to think about what this verse has, where he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Are you ready for that? Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you hands lifted, heart open, just waiting to be disciples of you. God, no matter how much we try, we always want, we always need more of you. So Father, I pray in this moment that you just grab onto our hearts, you grab onto our lives and our minds and our spirits, Father, and that you just completely transform us into a people that are sold out disciples of you. Father, I pray that we focus solely on you with fervency and urgency, Father, that we cling to you and we run to you with everything that we have so we can be the best disciples that we are given the opportunity to be. Father, we love you and we thank you for allowing us to do this. It's your name we pray, amen.
guys stand with me as we take communion? This offer of discipleship is not one made in intimidation. It's not one made in fear. It's not one made in anger. It's one made in absolutely nothing but love for you and I. And we see this love demonstrated by Jesus at the end of his earthly life before he defeated death and he defeated sin and he was resurrected, we see that sacrifice for us out of love. And every week 
we partake in communion. And before Jesus was taken off to be executed for our sake, he was sitting with his disciples. And he said, something's about to happen. And he had told them quite a bit at that point. But he said, something's about to happen. And I want you to remember me through this. And we call it communion. And he said, take this bread in remembrance of me and break it as my body broke for you. And so now we take this bread in remembrance of him. And then he took some wine and we have some juice and he said, do this in remembrance of me as my blood that was shed for you. And he took a drink and now we do this in remembrance of him and the blood that was shed for us. This act of communion we do because of Christ's absolute unfailing love for us. And in that love he offers do you want to be my disciple? Because he's so ready for you to live the life that he has planned for you. Every week we have these tag your it moments that send you into your week just remembering what Christ has for you. And this week the first one is read Luke 9.23 daily. It's a daily reminder that I need to just try it out for a week and remember what discipleship means every single day. The second one we have is Say yes to being a disciple of Jesus. Like, I, I mean that. Like, if you are ready to be a disciple of Jesus, whether you've said yes before, this is your first time, don't leave without committing if you are ready to be a disciple of the one who loves you most. And the third thing is, join a growth group. And that's not like just a little crossroads plug. That is, if you are a disciple of Jesus and you want people around you to help you stay in line, stay in track, people who love Jesus and love you, Join a growth group of people who have the same desire for their life and your life focused towards Jesus. As we leave this room today, all I have for you is the words of Jesus. He said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Are you ready to do that? Thanks for being here. Tag, you're it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.